Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zorel. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for a second, I thought Morgan Glennon wasn't going to join us. I was I was looking for a, a cat-sized cape for my cat, <laughs> trying desperately to remember where I put it. I was unsuccessful at remembering where I put it, but I did look as many places as I could during the opening. <laughs> well, that is okay, uh, but... That segues nicely into what we're going to talk about for this episode of Supergirl Radio. We are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel to discuss and review the animated feature film. Animated feature film. I feel like that's the uh, the proper way to say that. DC yes, of League course. of Super Pets. So this is the first time that the Super Pets from DC Comics have been on the big screen their big screen debut for uh, these characters, which I think is a long time coming. They've been around for a very, very long time. So it's good to see that they get the big screen, silver screen a treatment. So we're going to be talking about that. But we also have a lot of other things to talk to before we even get to the movie review. Uh, so let's get to the news. After a lot of speculation, the CW has now confirmed that The Flash Season 9, with a 13-episode order, is going to be the show's final one. It wasn't stated uh, when the final season will officially premiere in 2023. Production slated to uh, commence in September will reportedly last until March 2023. So um, showrunner Eric Wallace spoke about The Flash's ending in the following statement. Nine seasons, nine years of saving Central City while taking audiences on an emotional journey full of heart, humor, and spectacle. And now Barry Allen has reached the starting gate for his last race. So many amazing people have given their talents, time, and love to bring this wonderful show to life each week. So as we get ready to honor the show's incredible legacy with our exciting final chapter, I want to say thank you to our phenomenal cast, writers, producers, and crew over the years who helped make The Flash the flash such an incredible experience for audiences around the world so morgan what do you think about this news i mean i'm not surprised the flash is obviously it's going into season nine that's a lot of seasons it's a uh, lot of tv almost a decade of the flash <laughs> uh, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago either which is like made me start to realize like how time has become so relative to me now <laughs> like oh my god 9 years i'm so old oh, now no 
<laughs> I was like, oh boy. Um, but yeah, I'm not surprised. It does feel like everything. I feel like the CW is just like quietly putting everything out to pasture. Uh, they canceled a bunch of the Arrowverse. I think with the the, the Flash ending that actually officially ends the Arrowverse in some ways because all the shows that were like technically part of the Arrowverse are now done. Right, because Superman and Lois. They're, they're not their own technically. Thing. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> they're not in that Arrowverse. But now I, I do have some sympathy now where like if you're on Superman and Lois and you just see all of your comrades just going down left <laughs> and right, maybe you're like, I'm not part of this. Keep <laughs> me. I'm not part of this. <laughs> I'll know who they are. Uh, this is the first time. I've never seen I've those people them. before in never my life. I've never seen them before in my life. Uh, <laughs> so, so I kind of understand why they were like, let's just distance ourselves, shall we, from, <laughs> from the Arrowverse. But I think, you know, this might be the like official end of the Arrowverse with the Flash ending. And but that's like not even the only thing that's ending next season. I think Riverdale, whatever is happening on that show, whatever, <laughs> whatever fever dream that show is, I think that is also ending next season. So it does kind of feel like the CW is just like slowly putting out to pasture all of their shows and just clearing for whatever the CW is going to be next. Uh, yeah, Andy says in the chat, uh, Stargirl and Superman Lois are at the very least Arrow adjacent. That's a good way to put that. Uh, <laughs> and Andy says, I expect both to be over in the next two years. My only concern with Stargirl is that we get that Mr. Bones season. We better get Mr. Bones. It's coming up. You can't cancel it before <laughs> it's we so see close. Mr. Bones. So it's close. So, so close. How, we... how dare they? Don't even think. <laughs> don't even think about wouldn't, it. <laughs> wouldn't that just be the just... The, the the worst thing for us, I think. It would feel correct though. It feel like <laughs> <laughs> like Mr. Bones begins to step out of the shadows, and then like one of those big like warning signs, like those tests come up on the screen, and then that's it. The, the show is canceled. canceled. The show is canceled like mid episode. As soon as like <laughs> Director Bones is about to show up, they're like, "I'm sorry, we just got it from the CW network that this is canceled." <laughs> <laughs> I would be so mad. <laughs> so hopefully we'll at least get a season of Stargirl that has Mr. Bones in it. Uh, that would, we waited so long for Mr. Bones and now we get a chance to have him. Uh, so hopefully a uh, Stargirl is a little bit arrow adjacent. Uh, John Wesley ships flash has been on Stargirl and he was also on the flash. So I, I think that counts. So we'll see what happens with all of this. Um, I, I mean, it was time for the flash really. And it, I, I it, didn't it mean that as a, pun in any way but it was time for the flash uh because he he has he has grown older as a tv show um it's a quite a long run for uh, a dc comics uh tv show so it, it was probably time anyway but it does uh <laughs> it does uh uh make me concerned for superman and lois especially i don't know what's i mean it's a it's a fairly uh, big hit in terms of like fan reaction, so I don't know that they would cancel it for that. But Legends of Tomorrow was, I was very popular, say, so I, I was about to say I feel like the whether or not fans like it is not a determination <laughs> of whether or not they're canceling things. Like the uh, the Legends like fans have put up like billboards and Times Square and stuff, and I just uh, I remember reading some article where they were like, "Well, we didn't want to have to renew the lease on the studio." Uh, which is apparently one of the reasons why Legends got canceled. So, like, I feel like 
uh, like fan sentiment is like a small portion of like what they're thinking about at this point. Yeah. So things are happening. Uh, and, and this is, I think a, a broader Warner brothers discovery, uh, uh mm-hmm. situation. So Morgan, do you want to get us into the, uh, next bit of news, which is, I think connected in, in some way. <laughs> I would love to, <laughs> um, So some Batgirl news. Uh, Deadline has confirmed that even though Batgirl is in the final stages of post-production, Warner Brothers and DC Films will not be releasing the movie on any platform, including theatrically. Uh, This falls in line with the mandate put down by the new WB regime to cut back on the feature films premiering on the streamer and deciding which films will be released theatrically and which will be shelved. And sources close to the project say word came down this week that Batgirl did not make the cut. Uh, Warner Brothers had no comment. Uh, The film would have starred Leslie Grace in the uh, uh, titular role, Brendan Fraser and Michael Keaton reprising his Bruce Wayne part and was expected to bow sometime in 2023. As for the exact reason behind the shelving, sources say the film did not fall in line with the new strategy being implemented by DC films, as well as HBO max. The studio is looking to make theatrical tent poles with budgets at 90 million plus, And from early footage seen, this did not fall into place with that model. Batgirl was greenlit at 70 million budget, which seems pretty close. Uh, the decision <laughs> the decision follows several recent changes across the company, including major changes at HBO Max, with more expected with the upcoming earnings call later this week. The New York Post first reported the Batgirl news. My favorite part of this article is uh, Warner Brothers didn't have a comment. Warner Brothers had no comment. That's really funny to me because a couple of, was it a weeks ago? I feel like it happened just yesterday, but there was a big Rolling Stone hit piece that came out out of nowhere uh, about Zack Snyder where Warner Brothers like compared him, literally compared him to Lex Luthor in the article for some stupid reason. And Warner Brothers really wanted to talk then. They, they had all kinds of comments in that article. And now... They don't want to say anything. They don't want to comment about anything. Uh, I just find that uh, as somebody who's very frustrated <laughs> with them, uh, to I find that uh, particularly of note that Warner Brothers had no comment. Um, but this was very surprising to me when this happened today because yeah. I was like, uh, didn't they basically finish shooting the movie? Well, it's also really surprising because it sounds like they more or less have a they have kind of a movie, right? Like they yeah. they have the most parts of the movie. <laughs> if it's in post production, they're probably like editing it now. It's probably editing, special effects, yeah, that kind of thing. music. Uh, why not just release it if all of the hardest parts are done? It just doesn't make any sense. Like, how much more expensive would it be to finish up post production and drop it on a streamer? Like. I understand that it's not part of their strategy, but it's half done. Like your strategy was like put in place after this. So maybe just like let this one be a mulligan for all the people who like spent time and effort and worked on this thing. Do you want to hear a conspiracy theory? Always. Okay. <laughs> Cause I, I live and breathe conspiracy <laughs> theories. So I'm going to, I'm going to share mine. So, 
Uh, we have previously talked about how Warner Brothers Discovery is just cutting all the fat, just cutting all the stuff like on TBS, TNT, original uh, scripted programming is not going on over there. They cut all the Arrowverse stuff. They're trying to get rid of everything that's not going to make them money. It's, that's what seems like to me. And so this is a very strange move for a company that's doing that because basically now they're going to be losing money. Yeah. This, this company spent all this money. They shot this movie. They started working on the post-production of it. And for them to now say, uh, we don't want that to be shown at all. They could make money back by putting it out into theaters, by releasing it on DVD and Blu-ray, by putting it on HBO Max as, a, as an HBO Max original. So to me, for a company that wants that has proven that they want to uh, be more about the revenue and not about the things that don't make the money for them to do. This makes me think it's not about the money. It's, it's very some, strange. It's, it's, uh, it's something else. There's so, I, my conspiracy theory is uh, hashtag restore uh, the Snyderverse. But my conspiracy theory is that there's something in the content of the film that they do not want out there. And so they're trashing mm. this because it, butts up against something else that they something want else to that do. they're planning because with the, with the DC properties yes hashtag restore the Snyderverse but I think this is very similar in my opinion this is what happened with Justice League with the Joss Whedon ver version of Justice League is they cut all the stuff that they didn't want put out into the theater and threw something else up there so I I don't know that's there's something weird about this I don't know what it is but something is uh, something is amiss with whatever's happening with this bat because it doesn't make any sense. So the only way it makes sense to me is if there's something within the actual story of the movie that either they can't fix with reshoots or they want to get rid mm. of completely. Because they could have, hear me out, if it was something to do, like, for example, with Michael Keaton's Batman. They don't want to have Michael... I'm just throwing this out as yeah. like a, an example. Uh, he's supposed to be in the movie somehow. So if they said, well, we don't want Michael Keaton's Batman in there. We want Ben Affleck's Batman in there. Well, you could just reshoot it and have all the scenes with Ben Affleck instead. But they're not doing that. They're scrapping it totally. So to me, it says there's something, I don't know. There's something within it that they can't just reshoot. So they're scrapping it all together. But I honestly... Even if it didn't have anything with uh, to do with Zack Snyder, the Snyderverse, uh, I feel really bad for the cast and the the people who worked on the film because that is such a, a an out of the out of nowhere news that they're not going to be able to get their their film seen. And also, I I don't know if this would have anything to do with Supergirl in terms of the Batgirl film, but uh, there were a lot of there was a lot of talk about Batgirl and Supergirl maybe teaming up, and so. Uh, this may uh, prevent that as well. So I don't I don't know. This is a really strange move that has uh, has me putting on the tinfoil hat. Yeah, I it really feels very strange because if you've already done arguably the most expensive parts like the cast and the filming um, and probably some practical effects. Right. The. Post-production is probably not the most expensive. Like, it doesn't make more sense to just throw it away halfway through than to just finish it and put it up on your streaming service. Like, my conspiracy theory is mm. a part of me wonders if they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, it doesn't fit, fit into our, like, 
theatrical lineup or like this new uh, mandate that's coming down. But like, we got to do something with it. What if like we like scrap it and then people will be like, I want to see it. I want to see it. And then we'll be like, sure, we'll put it on HBO Max. And then it feels like like something exclusive that we've given to them. <laughs> not like a thing that we were going to do like the whole time. Like, honestly, if this is a marketing gimmick, it's kind of brilliant. If this isn't a marketing gimmick, it's very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that would make it uh, make it feel fresh. Like, oh. We're being gifted something. Yeah, no, I think that's a I think that's a, a, a good conspiracy theory to make it just seem like uh, something different other than just throwing it on HBO Max. Um, uh, CM Gutierrez 74 uh, says in the chat or asks in the chat, uh, maybe uh, because Ezra Miller was in it. I mean, the man is having a breakdown. Um, I don't know how much. If at all he's in the Batgirl movie, I don't know if Andy's still in the chat. Uh, By the way, we're never going to see Supergirl on screen because she, she's in the Flash and that movie. I don't think that it's never coming out. We're, we're never going to get to see the Flash movie. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that. Um, yeah, Ezra Miller, that story is wild. His situation is wild. I don't know what's going on with that. But I don't know if he's I don't know if he's in the Batgirl movie. So no, I mean, and I feel like if he, if Ezra Miller was in the Batgirl movie, like, wouldn't it be probably more like a cameo? Wouldn't it be easy to kind of just remove that, remove him or recast him? There's yeah, there's right? easy ways to do that. Like, there's yeah. ways to get around that. It didn't seem like uh, the Flash was going to be like an integral part of Batgirl from anything that I I had heard like previous to this. So I do want to. I think it's. I do wonder if that's some story thing where they're like. Oh no, now that we're Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, we have to discover our own path uh, <laughs> to the DC material. And like, but the thing is that they're still putting out DC movies. Like they're still doing Black Adam. It appears as if they're like still trying to figure out what they're gonna do, but they're still releasing stuff in the interim. So it makes me wonder, like, why not just put it up? Yeah, I think Shazam, the Shazam 2 and Black Adam were, were probably so far in the process that mm -hmm. they probably couldn't just scrap that, you know, that. So I don't know. I have a lot of conspiracy thoughts about this situation. <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up because I know better when it comes to uh, DC properties to get my hopes up. Uh, that's just not something that I do anymore. Uh, but I don't know. This is very, very strange. Um, so I was actually weird. kind of looking forward to the Batgirl uh, movie just to see what they would do with it. Me too. Yeah, I like I like it when characters we haven't seen get their own like movie, get their own movie essentially. Like, you know, I've seen a hundred thousand Spider-Mans and Batmans and I love Spider-Man and I love Batman. And but like I haven't seen a Batgirl movie. There's never been a Batgirl movie. What would that look like? We'll never know now, I guess. <laughs> I just, it's also so disrespectful to like all the people who worked on that movie with yeah. like the assumption that it was going to come out in some way. And then they're just like, nah, we don't, we don't want, we got halfway through and we like got tired. And so <laughs> we're just going to stop. Like <laughs> this poor girl, Leslie uh, Grace. Leslie Grace, yeah. I mean, imagine how exciting it is to be cast as like an iconic DC superhero and be like, I'm Batgirl and like telling everybody, guess who I am? I'm Batgirl. And then your movie never comes out. It's like, Oh, I, I'm like, my heart breaks for her because 
it sounds like more corporate shenanigans, which, you know, I can understand because it took down my show. Um, and it seems like it's taking down like a lot of shows right now. But like, I wouldn't have expected it to take down a movie. That's weird. Uh, now, <laughs> now everybody knows how Zack Snyder felt uh, when they booted him off just <laughs> way through. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just it stinks. Um, I will say, though, if they did want to restore the Snyderverse and make the uh, Ben Affleck movie, Batgirl was supposed to be in that. She was actually supposed to help Batman fight Deathstroke, which would have been awesome. Uh, so I don't know if that would ever uh, come to pass. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I hate it for the the actors who are in it. Uh, J.K. Simmons was going to be back as Commissioner Gordon, which would have been awesome. Uh, so it's uh, it's just a, a baffling thing. So the the fact that this happened out of the blue, uh, that and it doesn't make any sense. And Warner Brothers had no comment about it. I just. I have a lot of thoughts in my head that I don't want to speak out into the universe. <laughs> it's, just, it's just very strange. I think. <laughs> it all seems very conspiratorial, uh, conspiratorial uh, <laughs> on uh, my on my part. So I'm just uh, putting that there. Yeah, though, I have to say uh, a couple a couple months into this. I'm not a fan of the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. I'm just going to go out on the record. It has not been doing anything that exciting like some some channels have like are just canceling every like anything original on there i think it was like tbs or tnt like they just got rid of all the shows like cw got rid of most of the shows it just seems like they're like they came in they're just like eh, clear house which is it's it's not great if you like any of those things. <laughs> yeah, I can understand as a fan why that is disheartening. But as someone who has been very upset with uh, one uh, this company for a very long time, for them to come in and clear the house, it's like, all right, now we're now we're going somewhere. Now things are happening. Um, and I actually admire that. Just to, this is just uh, this doesn't matter to anybody. But just as uh, someone who. Uh, uh, in her in her dreams, wishes she could be an executive of either a movie studio or a television network. I really, I admire, I admire the gumption. I admire that, like the attitude of like, we're not here to make things that don't make any money. We're here to make money. We, this is a business. We're here to make money. Like I admire that. Good for them. Well, I, know I, mean, I think it remains to be seen how much money they end up. <laughs> <laughs> All well, of their choices seem a little bit like sketch now. It's like we bought this because we really love everything that you guys are doing. They're like, really great. No. Actually, uh, I hate it, and I'm going to shut it all down. <laughs> well, they'll probably make more money than zero, which is <laughs> honestly what the CW was uh, putting out there. They, I mean, articles came out about that that there was no revenue that came out of the CW. Well, like the, they the never CW made any was money, making money, but like not through like traditional means. It was making money through all of their distribution deals, which is at what ended up like killing the the shows at the end. Is that they were only making money through their like netflix and all of those streamer distribution deals but then when it came time to shop it around like they couldn't they were under those distribution deals so it's kind of a it, it, in the boom times it was great for them <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm kind of mixed on it because as a fan of these things like you want to see them continue on and to and to thrive but as somebody who's like I think maybe something needs to change with this company. It's like, all right, yeah, now things are happening. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'm I'm mixed on it. So it's just, it's all very, 
very strange. I don't know it's what's just happening. A really, it's just a really weird thing to like a halfway through a movie, arguably most of the way through the movie, if they're in post-production, to just be like, eh, nah. Yeah. I get I, I'm sure I'm sure more is going to come out about this because I saw like it was like trending today. It was trending news. So I I don't I I don't imagine that the that's just going to disappear and nobody's going to like look into it. I feel like there's going to be like a good juicy article in our future. Oh man, the, the documentary that's going to come out later. Oh my god, it's going to be, be amazing. So be I hope so it's good. multiple parts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm I, not that this matters, but I'm watching uh, Light and Magic on uh, Disney Plus. Ooh, it's I about industrial. Oh, you should watch it. It's about industrial light magic and how they got started Ooh. and all of the ways that they used to do those early effects. And I'm eating it up. So that sounds amazing. It, it's so good. Um, so if there is a, a documentary that would come out about all of this era of <laughs> DC film and television, ooh. I would be interested in the dirt that comes out with that. So, <laughs> so maybe in the future. And I'm sure at some point we'll eventually get to see the Batgirl movie. Um, it, it will it will come out eventually I, in some form. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, they but have I don't, it. They have most of it. <laughs> yes. So Warner Brothers will probably put it at some point just to earn a little money. But uh, it's not happening right now for some reason. So there's something happening behind the scenes that we don't know about, uh, which... Uh, Putting on the tinfoil hat explains the Rolling Stone Zack Snyder hit piece. Uh, in my opinion, that explains it. So anyway, I'm excited for when it finally does come <laughs> out and all the marketing is like the movie Warner Brothers didn't want you to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that is going to be good. Um, so uh, that that is the 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 end of our our main news section, but we do have <laughs> something that I wanted to bring up because during our discussion of the DC Super Pets Encyclopedia, uh, we came across the character of Ambush Bug. And I had mentioned in that episode that I thought that he might have come across Supergirl at some point. And uh, Morgan, we both kind of forgot about this. Oh, totally. uh, but, but after uh, our discussion was over, I went to look it up in my Google Docs. And uh, so for this episode of Supergirl Radio, I, br I brought Ooh. a clip with me since we both forgot about it. And to be fair to both of us, this was three years ago, uh, which is uh, a long time ago for us now. Uh, but this is a clip from a previous Supergirl Radio episode, which is technically episode number 241, which was our discussion of Supergirl number 24 from the, uh, the, the good old rebirth era, <laughs> in which we uh, did dive into the history of Ambush Bug to learn more about him. So I don't know if you remember this or not, but we did learn a lot about Ambush Bug. So uh, I just thought we would put this back in here to re uh, refresh our memories of Ambush Bug and uh, to fill in the listeners since, uh, since we did forget. So enjoy this uh, Supergirl Radio <laughs> rewind into the history of Ambush Bug. I don't know a ton about Ambush Bug, but he is kind of a wacky character that will show up sometimes in other people's books. Like I think he's done, uh, he's been in some Batman books, some Superman books. I'm trying to think if he's ever had any interactions with Supergirl. I think there may have been one. That quest finds the maid of might kicking over rocks at a scuzzy intergalactic dive bar where she runs into Ambush Bug of all people. Okay, let's talk about Ambush Bug. I wish we would. <laughs> yes. Because I'm disappointed for me personally, because I I know like I knew of Ambush Bug and I knew he was a quirky character in DC Comics. 
And so when the description mentioned him, I got really excited. I was like, oh, man, are we going to get a Supergirl ambush bug story? I was so pumped. Mm -hmm. And then you get into it, and he shows up, like, in one, two, maybe three panels. I don't know. I didn't count them. Like, he doesn't show up very much. He's not... He doesn't have that big of a role in in this story. And I was so bummed. So, uh, what I thought was really funny, though, when I went to go... uh, research ambush bug you might and you might get get the most kick out of this description from dc.fandom.com so i'm gonna i'm gonna (laughs) read you what they wrote about the character of ambush bug and ready uh, this is so good (laughs) okay so they say ambush bug is a well-meaning but incompetent adventurer who vaguely fights crime and probably suffers from mental illness His powers include teleportation and dumb luck, as well as awareness of the fourth wall. (laughs) Cheeks, the toy wonder, is his stuffed sidekick, and his arch nemesis is a sock named Argyle. Now, I'm going to spell this name to you. (laughs) A-R-G-H, exclamation point, capital Y, L-E. So I think that's supposed to be like Argyle, but I'm not really sure. So the description goes on. It says, he has been a member of the Doom Patrol, the Amber Butane Corps, the Uh-Oh Squad, and different... Uh-oh. Wait, what's the Uh-Oh Squad? <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. Um, so let me, uh, let me pull up the Uh-Oh Squad. I thought you would enjoy that. Oh, uh, when I clicked on the Uh-Oh Squad on the fandom wiki... It says article uh oh squad was not found. Oh my god, god. they really missed a picture, uh, like a perfect opportunity to be like, uh oh, yes. <laughs> article not found. Oh, well, that's disappointing. We'll never know what the uh oh squad is. Oh my god, um, that's so funny. But uh, in continuing, so uh, he's a member of the uh oh squad and a temporary <laughs> member of the Justice League, formerly married to Dumb Bunny. This is a character. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry again. I'm sorry to keep interrupting. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Dumb Bunny, um, she is a character who uh, looks like a blonde chick with, like, a red bathing suit with long sleeves and then, uh, like, a belt and uh, bunny ears. So, if you want to picture that... Dumb Bunny is a member of the Interior Five with super strength who is as strong as an ox and almost as intelligent. (laughs) Her parents are Princess Power of the Freedom Brigade and either Steve Tremor or Theo O'Day. So Hmm. I guess there's some parental uh, question there. Uh, She is is highly incompetent and heavily relies on her teammates to fight crime. Uh, So that's her deal. Uh, she was uh, first. <laughs> she first appeared in 1966. So, uh, Ambush Bug, formerly married to Dumb Bunny, they couldn't work it out. I don't know what happened. Um, Shocking. <laughs> it did not work out for them. Uh, but it said, "Okay, let me finish the sentence." Though it says, "Formerly married to Dumb Bunny, but he was drunk." So what? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess. Wow. Ambush Bug and Dumb Bunny must have uh, gotten hitched while he was intoxicated, and I guess they got an annulment? I don't know. I don't know the story. We're going to have to look this up, because I don't know the full story about Ambush Bug and Dumb Bunny. Um, But this is why I wish there was more Ambush Bug 
in this issue. I mean, th- that was was I feel like more interesting than a lot of stuff that happened in the <laughs> issue. <laughs> So we actually wow. covered a lot of ambush bug and completely forgot about it. Forgot about his weird parental situation. Forgot <laughs> about his his marriage. Wow, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there with ambush bug. <laughs> <laughs> so we we forgot him, but uh, forgot about him during the uh, character encyclopedia episode. But he has been uh, thoroughly investigated into his character history here on Supergirl Radio. So I just <laughs> wanted to remind us about. Uh, all of that because we did cover it at some point. All right. Well, I think we need to uh, start talking about uh, the thing that we gathered to sure. discuss. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have another news item? We <laughs> well, uh, we came together to discuss the DC League of Super Pets animated feature film, which uh, uh, highlights uh, some of our favorite uh, super pets, including Crypto the Super Dog, who is the main super pet of the movie. Uh, so Morgan, uh, what was your experience uh, experience like? Because, you know, we're all starting to, you know, get back into going to the movies and, and that becoming a regular thing again. So I, I'm curious about how your movie going experience was. It went great. So <laughs> I knew we had we were doing this. Not we had to. We wanted to do this. <laughs> yes. But we're doing it so fast after the movie came out. And I was pretty concerned about like being in a opening weekend theater with all the children. I was like, there's going to be so many children. Children are great. But like, you know, sometimes they run around in movie theaters or scream. Um, Sometimes it's a little distracting to the movie watching experience. And obviously I wanted to be taking my notes, uh, (laughs) which I did not do. Um, So instead I decided to go see it on a Monday night, a Monday night was definitely the right time to go see the DC League of Super Pets. I got my giant popcorn that I did not manage to eat all of. Um, <laughs> and it, I think there were like maybe four other, maybe three other groups of people in the theater with us. Like that was it. It was pretty empty. Um, so I had a lovely viewing experience. Uh, there were some children, but they were like the the quiet, well-behaved ones that were oh, just good. Like, laughing at the jokes. And I was like, great kids. Uh, <laughs> so it worked out well for me. I had like strategized around how to have the best viewing experience of the DC League of Super Pets as I possibly could. Yeah, I had a similar experience. I actually saw it twice and did take notes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I usually like to to see a film that I'm re- reviewing, you know, at least twice so I can uh, have the the full experience. Because, you know, the first time around, you're like watching to see what happens. And then the second time around, you can kind of go through and sort of uh, pick it apart and look at things that you didn't look at before. So I did go see it uh, uh, Monday night as well. Uh, and I did have uh, a couple of kids in that showing uh, with me, but uh, they were also very pretty well behaved and uh, laughed at crypto uh, sniffing things that were not uh, smelling good. So <laughs> uh, kid appropriate joke. Um, so, yeah, my moving uh, movie going experience was very similar. Uh, not a lot of people in the theater. And I think that uh, sort of speaks to, I think, some of the uh, articles I've been seeing that have mm-hmm. been coming out about how the expectation for super pets in terms of the box office has not really been met, which I think is so unfortunate because uh, spoiler alert, I enjoyed it. Uh, so I think, uh, <laughs> so I think uh, people should go see it. 
Uh, so I, I hope more people uh, go check it out. Maybe word of mouth will uh, get around to people and, uh, for, you know, encourage other people to go. Uh, but I guess since, uh, Morgan, we've talked a lot about crypto, the super dog, uh, here lately on super radio. So I was curious, what, what, what were your thoughts on, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, as crypto, <laughs> the super dog? I thought he was great. I thought a uh, crypto had a real gravitas in this movie. Uh, amazing voice acting, really. <laughs> um, I I liked crypto in this movie. I thought that crypto's a uh, hero's journey in this movie to uh to socialize and have more than one friend. Uh, I think, <laughs> listen, as somebody who's like, oh, I can't meet new people. I under, I get it. I get it. All right. But uh, I met the most people I want to meet. That's exactly. It. I think I'm tapped out. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and so was crypto at the beginning of this movie. But then he opened his heart to the super pets and he made a whole bunch of friends. And I think he also learned to let go a little bit. He was very jealous of, uh, of, Clark's relationship with Lois. He's like, I just want to be doing Superman stuff. I want to be watching Bake Off. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was Bake Off night, and he was going out with Lois. Uh, I, I get that. Like, what, what's he supposed to do? Just wait to watch Bake Off? What if the, uh, what if it has a soggy bottom? Clark? <laughs> Ugh, you monster. Uh, but I think, I think it's definitely like it felt like a very. Uh, understandable storyline for for him, and also, I mean, I feel like all pets really want a hundred percent of your attention, and so I feel like I could understand it. Like, yeah, he wanted to be Superman's number one, and now Superman had a uh, had a girlfriend and was going out and doing things, and not just sitting around watching Bake Off with Crypto. Uh, but I do feel like uh, Crypto and Superman had like a pretty sweet routine going on there, so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, when they talked about Bake Off, I thought about you because I was like, I wonder what Morgan thinks. About I was this. dying. I was like, this is amazing. And then and he's listening to like the Taylor Swift yep. and like crying and watching Bake Off. And I was like, has somebody been watching me <laughs> during dark times? This is exactly what I do too. Crypto, ice cream, Taylor Swift, Bake Off. And his ice cream was called Criers instead of Briars. I, I thought that was really good. Which, which I think, I think that for me, there's two layers of that. One is crying. You know, Crypto was crying while he was eating ice cream, but also uh, like John Cryer uh, could. I, I mean, that's a stretch uh, to say that that was an Easter egg to John Cryer, who played Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor was a big part of this movie. Uh, but that's just where my mind went: is that I saw Cryers and I, <laughs> I thought about John Cryer. Uh, but yeah, so Crypto uh, does go through his own little hero's journey and uh, tries to figure out uh, how best he can uh, love and take care of and watch after Superman, but also let him go a little bit when he needs to. So, so I, I thought that was good, and. Um, and Superman, I think, also uh, learned to appreciate uh, crypto in a new light uh, because crypto came through for both Superman and Lois Lane, which I thought was really sweet. <laughs> so uh, I, I was really surprised by uh, Dwayne Johnson's voice performance here because I was a little concerned because I really uh, there's a there's an animated TV show about crypto, the super dog, and I really like the crypto on that show. And so I was worried that Dwayne uh, would not have the same kind of, I, I don't know, uh, uh, 
I don't know what the word is to describe it, but I was worried that he would be too serious, I guess. Like he wouldn't yeah, have enough yeah. of the the silliness that crypto sometimes needs. But I thought he did a really good job. He was heroic when he needed to be, but he also could play the jokes and the the silly humor when that also was uh, called for. So I thought he did a really good job of being able to pull both uh, sides of that off. Yeah, I thought he was a great crypto. I had I don't think I've ever heard him do voice acting before, unless I'm forgetting it. I'm sh- no, never mind. Oh, I Moana. watched Moana. Yes. <laughs> what am I talking about? He was great in Moana. He was uh, great. Yeah, so and he was great in this too. Yeah. I, I didn't um I didn't have that thing sometimes where you're watching something and you're like, I can just hear the actor. And like that's all I hear. Uh but I, I lost myself and I was like, it's crypto. That's what crypto sounds like. Yeah, so I thought he did uh, a surprisingly good job. I was I was pretty impressed with him. I and actually thought all the voice actors in the in the movie were really good. I thought they all did a great job. Uh, Kate McKinnon as the uh, the evil uh, was it Lulu? Was it, she a hamster or a gerbil? Oh, she was she a was, guinea pig. Guinea pig. Oh, she She's was so mad about that. <laughs> she was so mad. You have got to call her a guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> the evil guinea pig she was amazing and i also would like that where she would be doing like her great her big villain speech and then it would like zoom out and you would just be hearing her squeak because that's like <laughs> yes. what everybody else hears <laughs> that was really funny <laughs> i have to say of all the super pets lulu was my favorite uh, Lu- she, Lulu was amazing. She was so good. Um, she's adorable. First of all, just the way <laughs> the way she's drawn is uh, adorable. And I like her story. And her story actually parallels to cryptos in that they are both um, uh, trying to regain a relationship with either their owner or someone they would consider to be their best friend for crypto. It's Superman for Lulu. It's Lex <laughs> Luthor. And I really enjoyed her like fangirling over Lex Luthor. <laughs> Maybe laugh so much. Cause there's one point where she goes in to get Lex and break him out of a prison. And she talks to, uh, she talks about he's my best friend. And then like she has on her phone, she has like photoshopped yes. <laughs> images of her with Lex. <laughs> and, she, and she's like showing him what she yes. did. And she's like, Oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, her love for Lex Luthor was just very endearing to me. I enjoyed it so much, but, um, but she has that parallel with crypto over the, the dynamic between their best friends and crypto learns the lesson that he has to, you know, if he wants to love Superman, sometimes he's got to let it, let him go a little bit. Um, but Lulu, uh, she, <laughs> she has issues uh, with letting Lex Luthor go. And she also has a parallel to Lex Luthor, which I thought was also a nice writing touch. She, she has the, uh, the purple eyes, Lex Luthor, typically is associated with the the color purple most Luthorian uh, characters are, but she loses her hair like Lex oh, Luthor, yeah. which I thought was a nice choice. And due to kryptonite, typically Lex Luthor will lose his, his hair uh, due to some uh, kryptonite uh, exposure. And so she loses her hair, uh, according to the film, uh, from red kryptonite. So I enjoyed that she also <laughs> was a was a hairless being. But I, I just enjoyed her because she she did not see herself as a pet. She saw herself as a scientist. She was a, a colleague. She was a <laughs> colleague of Lex Luthor's. And um, she was going to prove to Lex 
that she could uh, do all the villainous things that he always wanted to do. And she did. She did. She she was out there doing the villain work. So she was I doing an that. amazing job. Uh, so good. I also love that she looks up the other guinea pigs that were like released and they're all like in a classroom and they're all just kind of like living their best lives. They're learning <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> And then she uh, she recruits them to be like her evil henchmen and gives them all powers. Uh, but I really I thought they were so funny uh, when they were like, we're learning Spanish. <laughs> and they all had different powers. Uh, one of them uh, had the, the power to like create rainbows for some reason. <laughs> that was so funny. Like you, you see like the the thing, the whole thing is like starting and you're like, oh, my God, it's going to be this whole big, powerful thing. And then it's just like a little rainbow that goes like, yeah. <laughs> so not all of them uh, got villainous powers uh, like Lulu, but uh, but she did give them um, some some super abilities. But I thought Guinea Pig was such a good choice for a villain. Uh, I I saw Kate McKinnon talk about how Lulu is a is a tiny little creature who wants to be big and powerful, and that's why she's you know she does what she does. But I just I loved her her look. She steals. Superman's cape and then sort of tears it for her herself to wear as a cape and like a good like every good villain she makes a high collar out of, of it. Of course, she got to pop that collar. She got to that. She yes. that. <laughs> so I just really liked the entire uh design and characterization of Lulu. Even at the very beginning when we're introduced to her, she has this whole like uh villainous monologue and then she says Recede into shadows, proceed into shadows. And yes. <laughs> she, she plays the villain part right there at the beginning. Um, and she even introduces herself to Clark Kent as Lulu, daughter of cinnamon. And I just <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, all of these, all of these choices for her were just A plus for me because I just enjoyed uh Lulu so much. She might have been my favorite character. Lulu I love I love Kurto, but Lulu was so good. Um yeah, I was actually surprised by like I just uh, like how funny I thought the the movie was. Like I know it's like a it's a kids movie really, but I just like a lot of the jokes were really funny. And uh and some of the jokes I was like I can't believe they they had that in in this kids movie, especially um oh, Merton the turtle. Merton uh, cussed a couple of times. Mer- Merton got beeped out like a few times. <laughs> Merton, Merton, I think might have been one of my favorite characters. Uh, Merton like never knew what was going on. I think the voice actress was like Natasha Leone, mm-hmm. and she she was incredible. Uh, like Merton was like constantly talking up what turned out to be like uh, like helmets, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Mer- Merton could not see well. Merton was uh, not did not have great vision, uh, <laughs> and Merton just loved lettuce. Like Merton's whole thing was like, I love when Merton gets the uh, the speed powers, and instead of saving them, like Merton goes over like eats a flower, then goes like, oh, I gotta get back up there, and then then Merton goes and then saves them after like taking a snack first. Yeah, I uh, I did like Merton as well. Uh, two two. Merton moments stand out for me. Uh, one in which uh, they're all in this car trying to evade uh, a cat that looks 
exactly like Streaky the super cat. That's a whole yes. another thing we need to talk about. But uh, a cat named Whiskers, um, they're trying to evade Whiskers and they're all in this car and Crypto has to give this inspirational speech to PB the pig, the wonder pig, I guess. Uh, she's still working on her name, uh, but PB the pig. And so uh, after that's over, you know, everybody's uh, gone back into their origin and tried to explain kind of what's going on with them. And Merton, <laughs> Merton tries to be like, well, let's let's dig into Merton now. And Crypto's like, we, we, don't, we don't have time. We don't for have that. time for that. <laughs> and there's also a moment where Crypto gives Merton some eyeglasses so Merton can see. And she's like, um, oh, you're not all turtles. And <laughs> that explains so much. Like, that was a good joke. That was a good joke that That's Merton so thought good. they were all turtles. Um, so Merton was uh, a, a, a good comic relief character for sure. Merton was, uh, Merton had some of the best lines for <laughs> sure in the movie where I was like, oh my, what is Merton doing? <laughs> Merton was uh, excellent. So I guess uh, since we've been talking about the individual characters, uh, what did you think about Ace? I liked Ace. I liked Ace. I thought Ace was interesting. Um, and Ace had like a tragic backstory too. So tragic. I wasn't expecting. Uh, yeah, the backstory was really sad, actually. Like it, it made me emotional. Um, I'm glad you said that because I, I, I was sitting there in the theater going, Rebecca, you need to pull it together. Don't cry, Rebecca. This is, <laughs> this is not that serious. Don't, but, but I was, I was tearing up a little bit about Ace too. Yeah, yeah. Like Ace had Ace was given away uh, by his owners, um, but it was a misunderstanding. And I just thought that Ace, like the uh, the walls around Ace, made sense once you find out about his backstory. But I also like that he had told them all that they were going up to a farm upstate. <laughs> And then they all believed it. And then he was like, what do I do now? Uh, like, I just figured we were never going to get adopted. So the farm was like something to give them hope. Uh, and then I like that crypto is like, well, I grew up on a farm and I can take you to Smallville. And I was like, Smallville? <laughs> I thought they were going to end up at the farm. I thought so, too. But that's not how it ended, which I don't know if I like or not. Yeah, I I figured we'd at least get them at the farm. Like I don't I don't mind where the the movie ended with with all of them kind of being super pets, but it would have been nice to have like a shot of them all at the farm like they had finally gotten there and like just hanging out and then we could see them as like the super pets. But yeah, I I did like the uh, the reference to Smallville. I was like, are we going to are we going to get to see Ma Kent? <laughs> is, is Lana hanging out in there somewhere? <laughs> I wonder what kind of pet Lana Lang has. Oh, my God. It would be amazing, I'm sure. <laughs> what if what if she came in with, like, a giant, like, uh, like leopard print coat and then her oh. and then her pet came, comes in like a giant leopard print coat. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like just she's like trying to sell, like sell you into an MLM. Uh, mm. I feel like that's like big Lana energy to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think at some point they should have shown them because they talked about the farm they talked over about and so over much. again. <laughs> So I thought they should have at least uh, tied a little uh, ribbon on that on that uh, bow. Is that the phrase? Tie yeah, tie a bow on it. I think tie tie a bow. Yeah, okay. Uh, so tie a bow on that thread in the. Um, I I think I'm mixing metaphors. I That's think fine. they. Sh <laughs> I think they should have paid that 
uh, part of the story off. But I can understand why they didn't because they ended up at the end. Spoiler alert. This is very much a spoiler filled review <laughs> of the movie um, that at the end of uh, the big action sequences at the end, everybody gets adopted by a superhero of the Justice League. So I can understand why they did what they did. Uh, but I don't know. I kind of feel like they should have shown shown them at the farm. I will say the uh, whoever did was playing Batman. I want to say it was Keanu Reeves, but I'm not it, sure. It was, in fact, it was okay. Uh, was so funny, and uh, and when they go through the whole thing, where like the they parallel like Batman storyline and Ace's storyline, where they're like, I can't, I I, I, I build up a wall. <laughs> He's like, I do, I don't trust. I work alone, or or yeah, the, it was it was something like. Uh, my family was taken away from me, and and A says, and I was taken away from my family. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, like, and then suddenly it's like this, like, um, kind of like bam, pow, kind of like graphics and like a, a like a comic uh look to it, and it's really funny. I think I feel like everything that they did with Batman in this movie, I feel like when you put Batman into like a a lighthearted animated film, he is really funny, and so because. <laughs> I remember uh, I thought that the Lego Batman movie was also hilarious. Like yes, how they played good. with the, the Batman tropes and, uh, and they did a great job in this one where he goes like, I work alone except for Robin and Alfred. And then, and then they like, they cut back like a minute later and he's like all of my servants <laughs> and, <laughs> he's and, still and, and, things. and whoever Morgan Freeman played you know, <laughs> yes, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Keanu Reeves Batman was, was quite good. And uh, they did, uh, play up the idea that you know even batman might you know a dog might be good for him you know <laughs> they were like you might maybe you need a pet <laughs> <laughs> he goes off on like a long tangent about like the bats all the bats he saw <laughs> yeah I, I thought i thought ace's story was very compelling and very uh very moving and i thought he was a good balance to crypto where crypto sometimes uh, wanted to give up an ace. So, you know, he could give an inspirational speech just as much as crypto could. And I, I thought he uh, did a good job of being the character who sort of held everyone together because he had, he had been with the rescue pets and held them together. And so I, I think he was a good uh, character to do that with because he had had that, that sad story. So the, the story for uh, ACE is that he, um, when he was a little puppy, he was good friends with this little girl and this little girl is about to fall down the stairs and he uh, bites her arm to pull her back to save her from falling down the stairs. And she's uh, hurt a little bit because of his little puppy bites and um, they sent him back to the uh, the rescue place. And so it's just it's very sad because, you know, he did it because he loved that little girl and he tried to save her life and he did save her life. He did. Um, yeah. So uh, so that was really sad because he he did the right thing. Um, so the, I thought that actually a lot of these scenes in in the movie, I mean, it was a funny movie, uh, Lulu, a delight. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I can talk, uh, I mean, Lulu, enough about Lulu. <laughs> but a lot of the scenes in uh, DC League of Super Pets are very serious and very um, heartfelt and very moving in a lot of ways. And I think there was there was one scene where Crypto and Ace are talking and it's just the two of them in front of this, you know, sunset and they, it's a lot of talking. Like it's these two dogs talking together, and it's actually a very, uh, very good dramatic 
uh, sequence. They they put a couple of invisible jet jokes in there to sort <laughs> yeah. of break it up. But uh, but I thought those scenes were were really quite good. Yeah, I agree. I thought that the way that the that Ace and Crypto uh their relationship was really well developed in the way that they played off of each other and the friendship that developed between the two of them from them having like the beginning of the movie like i hate you kind of relationship to at the end of the movie where they're like really good friends yeah i i think it uh it makes sense that they would be friends because ace really teaches crypto i think how to be a dog because crypto really did not have that kind of experience yeah, crypto crypto <laughs> didn't know about smelling things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, being a normal dog was very difficult for crypto. He was uh, not good at that. I will say one of my favorite jokes was that they got the kryptonite into crypto and he lost his powers, but he got it. They got it into him because uh, they put it in like a chunk of cheese. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> That's how you feed a dog anything. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times I've put pills in chunks of cheese. Like, here I you go. <laughs> I had to do that for my brother's dog. So that is, that's how you get him to eat it. You gotta, you gotta put it in that cheese. That's how, they, <laughs> that's how they'll take that pill. Like, ah, they get me every time. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So that was uh, very accurate. I like it when they get to show them as pets. Like they're not just these superhero characters. It's a good reminder that they're still animals. <laughs> they're still doing pet animal things, which I think is good. Uh, did you have any other thoughts about PB or Chip? Did you have any? Yeah, I feel like them? we need to get into PB and Chip. Uh, I really, Chip uh, felt like the thinnest of the characters, unfortunately, in the whole movie. Uh, Chip's main thing was like electricity and being really scared all the time. Uh, being like really kind of freaked out. That was sort of Chip's whole deal. Uh, and then PB, I thought, was a little got a lot more character development. She loved Wonder Woman. Uh, she could grow big or small, uh, and she really came in clutch in a bunch of uh, a bunch of <laughs> uh, times during the battles when she got to be super giant or she got to be like small and could do stuff. Uh, I think that the uh, like uh, growing shrinking power was pretty effective for PB. Yeah, and she was a very positive character. I liked she that was about very positive. Yeah, about PB Chip. I would agree. He didn't have as much characterization to him, but uh, I think at one point Ace says about Chip that he needs to feel safe. And what I liked at the end was when uh, Green Lantern uh, comes around to uh, help him out. Um, Green Lantern puts puts Chip like in her like her hands and like sort of cradles him. And I was like, Aww. Oh, I bet he feels safe. I Aww, bet he feels safe right there. <laughs> so at least I think they paid that part of his character off is that his big thing was that he, he needed to feel safe and being with green lantern made him feel safe. And so I thought that, I thought that was a nice uh, touch, but I would agree that his, he did not have much outside of that. I think that was all really for chip there. Yeah, PB had like a whole kind of uh, kind of a whole story about being really positive and then also like having to believe in herself that she could, you know, be big or small when like that she could like get control over her powers. And then obviously she like really looked up to Wonder Woman. She spent the whole movie workshopping what her like superhero <laughs> name was going to be. <laughs> what well, what do you think would be a good uh hero name for PB? I don't know. There she had a lot of good ones at the end that I was trying to read all of 
of them on the screen that she had been workshopping still. It was like I Super th- Pig and <laughs> I think Wonder Pig is probably I think Wonder Pig, yeah. I think I you don't need to really overthink it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that she was uh I think that PB was amazing. <laughs> I loved her energy. Uh and then I loved all of the uh, honestly, all the guinea pigs were great, but there's a there was a fire and ice uh guinea pig. Keith and Mark, I think Keith were their names. And, yes, Keith and Mark. They had the most normal names. <laughs> they were also amazing. I, I loved them. Um I I did have a, a question so i'm not familiar with the green lantern that was in this movie is she in the comics or is she just kind of like a random green lantern so i believe this was the jessica cruz green lantern she, oh. she is a green lantern in the comics uh green lantern is uh, uh just a protector of uh whatever sector uh, that particular Green Lantern is a uh, Green Lantern of. So I think if she is, is she Sector 2814? Like how? And uh, let's see, Jessica, uh, Jessica Cruz. I'm now on the DC database to find out more about Jessica Cruz. I'm not as familiar with Jessica Cruz, but I think think she's sector i have i have gone yeah. on uh, on record with my uh controversial opinions about green lantern <laughs> green lanterns are awesome sure <laughs> yeah jessica cruz is uh uh a protector of sector 2814 which is uh the sector of how jordan and i believe also john stewart um so that's typically the earth sector uh, is 2814. Ah. So she's just another one of the Green Lanterns. Interesting. So I see in the dc.fandom.com wiki, it says that she uh, suffered from crippling anxiety and, and agoraphobia after nearly being murdered. And then she overcame those fears and that led to her recruitment in the Green Lantern Corps. But I think that's kind of interesting to know because I think that does kind of tie to Chip's story. Uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that very much parallels with Chip's story. He has a lot of anxiety, and so did she. That should maybe have been a thread that was pulled a little harder, yeah. I think, um, that was not there. But I think that would have, if they had connected those two things, I think that might have been a, a little nicer. Speaking of uh, Green Lantern, uh, Brian says, Chip was part of the Green Lantern Corps in the 80s, but wasn't a Green Lantern in this movie? So that's... Uh, it, yeah, that's definitely the thing is that there is a, a Green Lantern named Chip uh, spelled C-H apostrophe P. As far as I know, the Chip in the Super Pets movie, let's see, does it have it? It doesn't have it on his poster, but I think his name uh, as we see it in the movie is C-H-I-P. So it could be a possibly that these are two different characters. Maybe the CH apostrophe P is a different character from CHIP. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, but, uh, but that comment is correct that chip CH apostrophe P is a green lantern on his, on his own in the uh, comics. To be so fair, I think in the end of the movie, spoiler alert, he does have a ring. He does become a Green Lantern. <laughs> yes. I, I remember thinking, oh, really? Like a full-fledged member of the Lantern Corps? We're going to go that far with it? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, and actually, it's interesting with Green Lanterns because Green Lanterns are supposed to become Green Lanterns because uh, they have no fear. 
Oh, that's like that's that's their whole thing is that they're not supposed to have any fear. Fascinating. That they're supposed to be they're supposed to be able to use their will to create the constructs. Maybe because Chip had overcome his fears. He fe- he felt safe. He felt and safe. He felt safe in in Green Lantern's hands, and then he uh, he didn't uh, feel fear anymore. <laughs> I like it. I like I, it. I think talking through this has made me appreciate Chip Chip's little little story art, little character arc. Yeah, me too. More. Me too. I, I feel like uh, it should have been highlighted a little bit more because uh, just a little of, clear. Yeah, just googling Jessica Cruz made me go like, oh, I connected. I connect those two stories <laughs> together. But the the movie didn't really give me that. No, no, the movie did not connect that dot for <laughs> us. Uh, but I think it does make sense as to why they are paired up. Uh, so, yeah, that is uh, what happened with Green Lantern, of course. Merton is associated with The Flash. <laughs> uh, so both of the speedsters are together. And I did like the moment uh, when Merton and, and The Flash kind of do both, uh, like, uh, I don't know if that's some sort of, what is it called when The Flash enters the, the speed? Speed Force? Well, it's not like the Speed Force, but it's like Flash Time or something is what they oh, call it. Oh, yeah. Like but they were super slow they were like slowing down together to high five each other i thought that was a great moment um and uh so and pb and wonder woman uh end up being pals um so i i thought a lot of that was really nice um even aquaman uh to, to <laughs> I, I forget which one was keith and which one was mark uh but uh cyborg took the uh <laughs> the fiery guinea pig and aquaman uh, ended up with the watery uh, guinea pig. So they ended up with some super pets as well. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. So uh, so those, I think, were entirely new super pets uh, in terms of the the, <laughs> the guinea pigs. Um, but Merton uh, is in the comics. Uh, PB, I think, is kind of loosely associated to that uh, Justice League Unlimited <laughs> uh, episode about Wonder Woman turning into a pig. Um, and uh, Lulu, I think, is a completely uh, new character, but Ace and Crypto and Merton and Chip, I think, are all based on um, DC Comics uh, characters. And one of the things that I was struggling to understand about this movie is I, I because in the comics, this group of super pets are called the Legion of super pets, not mm. the league of super pets. And I was like, why would, why would they change the name like that? But after seeing the movie, it made more sense to me because crypto actually creates his own justice league. Yeah. Because, because you have a, uh, of the super pets, you have a Superman, which is crypto. You have a Batman, which is ace. You have a wonder woman, which is PB. You have a green lantern, which is chip. You have a flash, which is Merton. Uh, am I leaving anybody out? I think that's all of them. But, uh, well, and then Cyborg and Aquaman have their little guinea pig pets. (laughs) Yeah. So they all create, so you have the Justice League of the humankind, uh, and then you have the Justice League of the pets. So it makes sense after that to to call it the DC League of Super Pets, I guess, because they are a Justice League. And that, that brings me to a question that I had for you, Morgan, because... Uh, there are some super pets from the comics that did not make this movie. There were. There that were. did not appear. Um, as previously mentioned, there was a Whiskers cat, a cat named Whiskers who could turn uh, anything into a weapon. 
uh, looking a lot like Streaky the Super Cat. So if they ever make a sequel, I don't know that Streaky's going to be in it because they've already uh, they've already wasted a <laughs> a, cat, a cat that looks just like Streaky. Well, I feel like I might have I I might have a, a pitch for them. So hold on, hold that thought. I will be right back. Okay, I will hold that thought. Um, but, uh, so there are not, uh, some super pets that maybe should have been included, but, uh, there was a reason for that, I think, because, uh, they wanted to create a justice league. So that only makes sense. Oh, looks like, uh, we have a super, pet, <laughs> a super cat uh, yeah. joining us for the live stream. I just wanted to get, he's, he's sleepy. He doesn't want this, but. But I thought, like, may, what if what if Streaky looked like this little guy, huh? Maybe you, maybe Bunsen could be like a like a muse, right, Bun? <laughs> what do you think about that? True. <laughs> they can't they can't have a like an orange tabby cat, but maybe they could have a, a black yeah. And I white was surprised cat. when I saw the orange tabby in the background of like the first shot, and I was like, oh, Streaky is in this. Nope, nope, nope. So I think the reason that they made the main characters uh, who they made as main characters was because they wanted to create a Justice League of Super Pets. Um, so Streaky, you really couldn't do because Streaky is basically a cat version of Supergirl, essentially. So uh, I can see why they did not mm -hmm. include Streaky. Comet on the other, well, Comet's also part of the Superman family. So I guess they couldn't have any other uh, Super Pets uh, like that in there. But I thought it was very unfortunate, but um, justice for Streaky. <laughs> justice for Streaky. Uh, I was kind of hoping because that orange cat was um, on the poster, one of the posters. Oh, and, really? And in I the tra like in saw, the trailers, yeah, I thought I saw the orange cat, and I was like, "Oh, Streaky is in this." <laughs> so I was going into it. Let's see. I don't know if it's this poster. And it, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah. There, there is a, a little orange cat on there, and so I was like, "Well, maybe there is a Streaky." So I set myself up for disappointment because I thought maybe streaky might appear in the movie, but, uh, but there is no streaky and there is no comet. Um, so I guess Morgan, if you, if you had to include another super pet, we, we talked a lot about a lot of different other super pets oh, in yeah. our, uh, character encyclopedia episode. So if you could like say they make a sequel to DC mm -hmm. league of super pets, what super pet maybe would you want to, uh, see in the sequel? Uh, def I think definitely Streaky or Comet. Like I think, I think we got to get some Supergirl love in in the sequel. Uh, also, I mean, it's a Super Pets movie, and you don't have a cat. There's not a Super Cat. Excuse me. Yeah, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> they had little whiskers. And uh, whiskers could create hair, like bombs out of hairballs. <laughs> yes, which, which was very disturbing and hilarious. Very disgusting. <laughs> uh, but there was a cat there, and there was also a cat inside the. Uh, it was a different cat inside the uh, rescue place, where uh, <laughs> where where everybody was like. I wonder if we're going to get uh, adopted today. And they were like, uh, they always go for the cats first. And the cat was like, first day is so easy to be adopted. I That made me laugh so hard. That it's like <laughs> the kittens always get really uh, adopted really fast. <laughs> and, the, and the little cat's like, oh, it's so easy being a shelter pet. Those <laughs> are the ones that have been there forever. <laughs> so they did have cats in the movie, but they were not... Uh, of the super variety, the the hero of the characters. So, uh, so that was disappointing. Um, I would probably also include Streaky as well. Um, so I, 
if you wanted to mix it up and, and you didn't want to have it, uh, I mean, Comet is also a, a wacky character. So I think those characters, and those also have been um, Comet, Streaky, Beppo, uh, Beppo the Super yeah. Monkey. Those characters have been around, and we'll, we'll talk about those in our Legion of Super Pets uh, character spotlight, but those characters have been around a long time. And and even though I liked the uh, the the Justice League, you know, the Super Pet Justice League, um, I would have liked to have seen some of those like OG super pets make it into the movie. So that was a little disappointing for me personally, but I can understand why they did what they did. Yeah, me too. I did. I, I was really disappointed that there was no streaky. Uh, I was like the cat representation in this film. <laughs> but uh, hopefully if they ever do a, a sequel, we could get some some more super pets. Because as we found out last week when we were going through the uh, encyclopedia, there are certainly enough pets. Lots of pets. So uh, and, lo- pets. and lots of cats, too. So many cats. They have a whole league of cats. <laughs> <laughs> you could do Brainy Cat. You could do <gasps> Crab Tabby. <gasps> Crab Tabby. Yes, that's the one I want to see on film. <laughs> it is time, finally, for Crab Tabby. <laughs> that whole gang, Powerpuss, Crab Tabby, and uh, Atomic Tom, all, yeah. actu- all actual DC Comics characters. There you go. They are in the comic book source material. So uh, not made up just for that encyclopedia, but <laughs> real DC Comics characters. Uh, so I, I would like to see maybe some more cats in the future if uh, we got to see another movie. But uh, but I guess uh, that uh, opens up. Uh, Morgan, do you, is there anything else about the movie that you wanted to talk about that we didn't before we th- share our final thoughts? I feel like we covered it pretty well. Yeah, I think I think we we went into all the characters and their like motivations. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the movie a lot. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was written really well in terms of the uh, the characters and their dynamics with each other. I thought the visuals were particularly good. There's a sequence where Crypto is jealous of Lois, and it sort of goes into a nightmare sequence where the animation gets sort of scary, like he's in a haunted house. Um, and I thought that was a really neat animation uh choice for those visuals because uh, it made you kind of get in or made me at least anyway um, get into what crypto was feeling and, and sort of understanding his thoughts about that so I like that there were some uh, chances taking in uh, in the animation to try to give it more of an artistic uh, look to it and um, I also thought even just down to some of the the Easter eggs and some of the recurring gags that happen throughout the movie to make it more comedic and uh, enjoyable to watch. I, I thought the um, <laughs> there was a recurring element of smooth jazz in the yes, movie. The smooth <laughs> jazz was so good, and I love that she used the smooth jazz CD to like make her uh, <laughs> make her like special ray that got the the orange kryptonite. So good. Yeah. So they talk about how smooth jazz played in the rescue, the pet shelter. And she does. Uh, Lulu makes the uh, the device using the smooth jazz CD. Uh, smooth jazz is also mentioned by Chip at one point. Uh, let's see. There's also a smooth jazz radio station during the Daily Planet fight, and there's also a mention of smooth jazz in the closing credits. So I enjoyed that. I, I think there maybe should have been more smooth jazz in the music 
to really <laughs> <Yeah>. emphasize <laughs> that point. Uh, but I thought that was a funny recurring joke. I also liked, I was interested in watching the, um, so when Lois Lane is on the news talking about the big fights that are happening within the city, I, I kept in, enjoying uh, looking at the lower thirds on the news broadcasts. Uh, <laughs> yes. One of them during the, the big initial fight with uh, Lulu and her guinea pig army, uh, the lower third said, animal rights activists honestly confused <laughs> <laughs> that's so good <laughs> so those those kinds of jokes and there were there were a couple of them like that but that was the one i remembered because i remember thinking yeah i guess if you're an animal rights activist do you want to save these pets or do you want to defeat them <laughs> i know i i also love um it wasn't like a hidden joke but when when uh they have all the justice league and and lex luther's like look at everything i did and mercy's kind of is like honestly the guinea pig did all of it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like well we're not gonna tell anyone that <laughs> yeah there were a lot of really good um easter eggs that were going on uh there was a big belly burger that was pretty pretty obvious in there but they had a lot of uh, allusions to different uh characters within the dc universe that were in there so i appreciated that that they mentioned lois's middle name joanne which i was like oh good for them because uh if, if you don't know lois lane's middle name is joanne and that's from the comics um so that uh, that i thought was uh it was a nice touch. I appreciate those little details to show that maybe you've done your homework and you know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so I, I liked all of that, even though there were some new characters added to uh, the DC mythology with this. They did um, stay true to a lot of the, the comic book stuff in there. Yeah, there were a lot of like comic in jokes that you would only get if you were, you know, aware of the comics or, you know, in other medium. I like when. Uh, they're trying to call like the uh, emergency and they're like, for Earth one, press <laughs> press one. one for Earth two. And she's like, oh, my God, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot like that, uh, including uh, the flashback. Oh, the adorable flashback, the opening sequence with little crypto <gasps> oh, and little, little Kal-El. And uh, they have a that that sequence, in my opinion, was a mixture of a bunch of different things. You had the Donnerverse. Uh, white uh, reflective suits and then um, Krypton sort of looked like Man of Steel meets uh, the Supergirl TV series. Um, and so there, there was, I think, a uh, little baby Kal-El's ship looked like the Donnerverse. Um, so there were a lot of mixtures in terms of interpretations, but that sequence was really cute. Oh, my gosh. When little Crypto, like, wiped little Kal-El's tear. Oh, so cute. Oh, so good. So good. Um so I thought all of those sequences were good. They, you know, they had the Easter eggs, but they also uh, did it with a sense of emotion and telling character stories. You know, there's there's something about, you know, we've seen baby Kal-El go to Earth so many times, but to see his his pet puppy jump into the ship with him and uh, comfort him as he realizes that his, you know, his parents are gone and he's by himself. Uh, that, that was a really cute moment that was played in... Um, in the context of story and character. So I, I appreciated that, that it wasn't just, oh, look at these DC Easter eggs and these homages to these other former uh, DC interpretations. It was like, no, we're telling a story about these characters and, and uh, playing on the emotional 
journeys that they're about to go on. So I, I thought it was a good balance. I, I really um, did enjoy the movie. I would probably see it many, many more times. Uh, Lulu is now uh, my favorite GC Comics character. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Lulu! Lulu is just, she's just the best. Lulu and is I, just a star, is I what am, Lulu is. I am Lulu's number one fan now, so <laughs> I, I'm very excited about Lulu. Kate McKinnon uh, did such an amazing job with the voice of Lulu. She, so funny. She really played it up. Uh, the she, she was able to do, and a lot of these uh, voice actors were able to do it. She she could play the, the villainous aspect and make you really, uh, or make me, I, I keep saying that, uh, make me uh, somewhat scared of Lulu at times. Lulu was very villainous and was uh, willing yeah. to throw kryptonite at Superman, was willing to really, I mean, she she would kill somebody if she really wanted to. Uh, but uh, she also, uh, Kate did a really good job of playing the comedy of it. Uh, the the over-obsession with Lex Luthor was just, I mean, top-notch. So, <laughs> uh, so there was a lot that I thought was good about that performance particularly. But all the, all the, I think all the voice actors um, did a really good job of, you know, making these characters come to life. It's it's hard with anime. Morgan and I know it's hard to do voice acting. It is really it is. difficult. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah, for sure. I I, I give them props for that. They they did it a, a great job. I I think that the uh, the voice cast in this was like really top notch. I didn't have any no notes for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't want to like brag about about our vo vocal performances, but if, <laughs> if you want to hear us do voice acting, you check out the fakest at thefakest.com and listen to that, but uh but it is difficult because you have to you're you're sort of playing it all in your head. You're not you're not able to physically interact with anything. You have to do it all with your voice and how you communicate that. So um, voice acting is always something that I really admire. And I think the entire cast of the DC League of Super Pets did a really great job. All right. Well, uh, Morgan, would you like to do some snap judgments? We have a few DC League of Super Pet uh, snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay. So, better secret identity for crypto. Bark Bent which was in the Adventures of Super Pup, or Bark Kent, which was in the DC League of Super Pets. I'm a little disappointed that he's not Bark Bent because the Adventures of Super Pup is such a weird thing that happened. Uh, if if people are not familiar, <laughs> it's uh, so weird. <laughs> after after the Adventures of Superman with George Reeves, uh, George Reeves, George Reeves, George Reeves. Yeah. <clears throat> after the Adventures of Superman with George Reeves had to end because of his untimely death and his unexpected death, they tried to keep the show going because it was so popular. So then they uh, put some people in these dog costumes and called it the adventures of super pup. And it's a very strange concept. It's but weird. It's, it's really weird. <laughs> I've never seen pictures from it. It's like nightmare fuel. For sure. I, I totally would have watched it, uh, but that's just me. <laughs> but, I mean, I would have watched it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But like you, you look at the pictures and you're like, why and how and who thought but, this was a good idea? 
But the secret identity for Clark Kent in Adventures of Super Pup is Bark Bent. So when when he said Bark Kent, Bark Kent makes more sense. But I just wanted I just wanted that Adventures of Super Pup uh, (laughs) recognition. So I guess if I'm saying better, which one is better? Bark Kent is better, but it's not my preferred one. Yeah, I'm gonna go Bark Bent on that too. It's just off enough. That it's like kind of weird. It's like (laughs) he's really trying to have like a secret identity. It's not Kent, it's Bent. So it's different. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I I just respect that. I respect that hustle. Yeah. Okay. Um, Would you rather have electrical powers like Chip or be able to grow bigger and smaller in size like PB? I Hmm. think I would like to have uh, electrical powers. Uh, because I, I, maybe I wouldn't have to charge batteries for things. Maybe Ooh. I could just do the, cause sometimes for me with when I'm having to charge cameras or my phone, sometimes that takes a long time and I would rather just zap it and be able to, to do it that way. So maybe, and, and maybe you could revive old laptops or computers Whoa. that maybe died. Yeah. You know, I've had hard drives that died on me and it was devastating because it was like, all my work. I can't retrieve it. Uh, So maybe I would uh, I would like electrical powers, maybe. Yeah, I think I'd go with the electrical powers, too, just for the just because they seem more useful. Like, what Mm -hmm. am I going to do getting really big and really small? Like, I don't I mean, I guess I could like eavesdrop on people i don't really care what people say that much um <laughs> or i could get like really big and like uh crush a town but like do i want to do that <laughs> probably probably you, not <laughs> you could you could stop a rocket i could uh, stop flying a rocket. to the sun i could do that uh but it feels like that's not going to be like a day-to-day life kind of situation <laughs> whereas like being able to charge my phone without a charger that's going to really, that's going to yeah. make a huge difference. Yes. If you have a power outage, you can just fix that right up. Right. I think it, it's, it's very, uh, <laughs> it's very, uh, handy very practical for your power. everyday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So who would you want for a super pet? This is Mar- a very, very important snap. The Ooh, most important is, snap judgment. This is a big one. Okay. <laughs> would you want Mark the fire guinea pig or Keith the ice guinea pig? I mean, I, both good powers, so. Hmm. Well, see, this is tough because fi- I get cold very easily. Yeah. Uh, I'm all the time. I need a jacket everywhere I go because I get cold. It, it could be 90 degrees somewhere, and I'm probably going to be cold. So I probably would need um, Mark, the fire guinea pig. But what if he like burns my house down or something? I don't, you know. Mark is dangerous. But then also Keith is going to like, I don't know, flood your house. Like Mm. they they have, they're both very dangerous. But I guess because I get called a lot, I guess I would say (laughs) Mark, the fire guinea pig. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go Keith, the, like the, the water, the water ice guinea pig, uh, for no specific reason. I, I just like that. He, I think he could like help me put ice in my drinks, uh, oh, but, yeah. then, but then in the summertime, I feel like he'd be a chill hang, right? Like he'd want to <laughs> go to the pool with me. 
like for sure he, he apparently can go into like more of a liquid form yeah um so yeah so like we could hang out at the pool in the ocean <laughs> oh yeah oh, that'd be fun that'd be fun <laughs> i feel like i feel like he's like more of like a like a vacation pet like we're gonna go and have an amazing time places <laughs> I, I do feel like it is it is it mark mark i feel like is a more utilitarian pet like he's gonna help you stay warm and he's gonna be great during the winter uh keith is gonna be garbage in the winter i'm gonna be honest (laughs) keith is not gonna be useful in the winter i'm not gonna want him around then but in the summer the summer is keith's time to shine Well, um, hopefully at some point we'll be able to get our guinea pigs uh, choice. (laughs) But until then, we need to get out of snap judgments. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, that is going to do it for our discussion and review of DC League of Super Pets, the movie. Uh, So we need to get to some uh, Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a T Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Backlight and Podcast, Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say fuck. Cussing like Merton. Yes. Beep. (laughs) Uh, And since we talked about Super Pets, we have Super Dog Designs in the DC TV podcast Tea Public Store that we'd like to suggest. Yeah, we have uh, a dog who looks like Crypto with a uh, uh, Superman-looking cape, but we also have just a regular old dog. Uh, thinking about <laughs> thinking about bones, uh, wearing a Superman suit, just with a being cape, great, <laughs> just being a dog. So if you are uh, into super dogs, we've got some designs: uh, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, stickers, all kinds of fun things. So definitely check those out in the DC TV podcast tea public store and also we would like to remind everyone that we are currently running a new dc tv podcast plugs contest so if you would like to participate and we encourage you to do so here are some details on how you can do that. Supergirl Radio needs new DC TV podcast plugs, which means that we are holding another plugs contest and we invite you to submit your recordings of how you would promote the DC TV podcast 
on Supergirl Radio. We want you to do that so that <laughs> I do not have to do that. It's very important that you do it so I don't have to. You can be, <laughs> you can be as creative as you want to be, uh, but we do have one requirement, and that's that you need to make sure you mention all of our podcasts in the DC TV Podcast Network. And in case maybe you have forgotten what those are, I will list them like so. That's <laughs> Supergirl Radio. That's the one that you're listening to right now. Uh, the Flash Podcast. Legends of Tomorrow Podcast. I hear that one's really great. It's pretty, uh, good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, the Lituation <laughs> Room. DC on HBO Max Podcast, which maybe one day will be sponsored by HBO Max. <laughs> HBO Max, where I like to watch stuff. Uh, <laughs> the Stargirl Podcast. Superman and Lois Radio. They're not in the Arrowverse, but we're still allowing them to be on the network. <laughs> what 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 a ring that that probably threw them for where they're like, excuse me, we're not in the Arrowverse. <laughs> uh, Green Lantern Podcast, the Sandman Podcast, Justice League Dark Podcast, and DC TV After Dark. I hear that one's pretty good too. That one's fine. That one's that one's fine. <laughs> that one I think is still being workshopped. Uh, <laughs> so how do you get on uh, Supergirl Radio? What you do is you email an MP3, a wave, or an M4A. Yep. To supergirlradio at gmail.com by our contest deadline, which is September 30th. We will choose the winner and the winner will receive a prize in the mail uh, which will consist of Superman Family Adventures of Volume 1, DC Super Pets Super Powered Pony which is a story about Comet the Super Horse and maybe also an additional surprise we, we might sneak something we that just you didn't might, expect in there just might all right, and we would also like to thank our Legion of uh, Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Armgard, Miriam, Nicole, Lizeth, Faith, Brian, Ethan, and Danny. If you would like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor, you can go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio and sign up for that. And I just want to tell the Patreon supporters I am behind getting uh, some content up. Uh, but uh, Morgan and I have recorded some things. So uh, those will be coming in uh, the very uh, near future, probably this week. I'm just doing a little editing work on them. So uh, forgive me for the delay on that. But things are coming. So thank you for your support of the Super Radio uh, Patreon. Also, if you would like to follow me personally, you can do that on Instagram at the Derby Kid. And I have a YouTube channel that you can find at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod, where I live stream on Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern. Usually, you can usually find me then. And uh, I am reading through uh, Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice reviews written by the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. If you're interested in art criticism or DC films, anything like that, or you just want to hang out and talk about movies, you can join me over there on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern. Nice. And you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where we just talked about uh, San Diego Comic-Con, and we have uh, an episode 
uh, upcoming where we're planning on talking about Harley Quinn, uh, the new HBO Max show. HBO Max. Why not throw us <laughs> some money? <laughs> HBO Max. You won't be showing Batgirl, but you could be showing us some. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just keep making HBO Max commercials. Um, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about the new season of Harley Quinn, the the first, I think, four by the time we record episodes. Uh, they did like a preliminary drop of three, and then they, I think now they're going week to week. Um so that should be a lot of fun. We're excited about uh, talking about it. We're excited that, you know, covering Harley Quinn for a little while will give us a little bit of buffer while we figure out what is, who is the Legends of Tomorrow podcast now? Like we have to do like a eat, pray, love uh, for a while. So uh, we we appreciate that there's some good DC content we can talk about in the in the meantime. I if I could make a suggestion of course uh, not that you have to do anything but uh, if if I if I were the legends of tomorrow podcast I would think about some of the characters that were on legends of tomorrow and then find them in other DC media and talk mm. about those things uh, for instance that might mean that I have to watch Constantine though Rebecca <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if y'all covered the Constantine TV show and actually talked no. about it <laughs> We've we've uh, Amy is the only one of us who's seen the Constantine TV show. Uh, I think Kat and I still hover around a a two percent interest in it. So uh, that would be pretty funny. Uh, I'm sure we will do it at some point. But uh, (laughs) we're always like, oh, God, not Constantine. (laughs) I actually watched it for I don't think I finished it, but uh, I remember watching it at one point. And there was an episode where it took place, supposedly, in Birmingham, Alabama. I was like, oh, really? huh that's random uh but that was really fun for me uh so they uh, they actually did some things i think in atlanta and uh in birmingham so that was actually uh, pretty fun for me i was like i know that place i am well versed of course it was just like aerial footage and they didn't actually (laughs) show anything i don't know i don't know if they actually shot anything in birmingham but uh but i thought that was really funny that's the only thing that's the only thing i retained from the uh constantine tv show on nbc uh but I don't know. I think that would be really cool if the legendary ladies talked about it. So I'm just throwing that out there as a as a listener of the podcast. (laughs) I'm putting my request in. I Uh, like it. I like it. You don't have to do anything about it. I'm just continuing to badger you about it. It could happen. It could happen. (laughs) Write us in. Write us in and be like, I'm gonna. We we want Rebecca's suggestion. <laughs> I'm going to send you an email. Oh my you, gosh. <laughs> you, can, you can disregard it if you want. <laughs> That's too good. All right. Well, I guess uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until uh, next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we got to get out of here because it's walk o'clock. <laughs> McGurk! I love not typing. Not with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hello.
Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yay! 